Well, welcome everybody, and thank you so much for joining us um, this morning. Uh, my name's Dave Fukuyama, and I'm the uh, senior pastor here at Mission Valley, and we w- want to welcome you and hope that you feel a part of our family this morning. And I was thinking, you know, we're, we're kind of at the place in our um, you know, society and culture where we're looking more and more towards reopening. And as I was thinking about that, I know a lot of people are excited about that. And then, but, you know, when I was looking at that, you know, I'm excited, but there's also a sense of weariness um, that I have. And part of that is, if you take a look at this past year, you know, we had to make a lot of decisions, emotional decisions that weighed heavily on us. And a lot of these decisions were basically cost-benefit analysis decisions, meaning that we had to count the costs of making decisions. I mean, do I go out? What is the benefit versus the cost of me going out and maybe um, contracting COVID-19? Now, those are the things that I had to deal with. And, you know, in one sense, I wasn't as concerned if I got it. I was more concerned if I did come down with COVID-19 and I gave it to somebody else and it had um, serious effects on their health. You know, we had to make, you know, we have to make a decision on do we open up our schools? Do we open up businesses in the light of businesses suffering financially? Right. And, you know, some of us might have been our our cash reserves are a little bit lower and it's okay. Do do I make this decision that might uh, deplete our cash reserves? But the benefit is this. And even for me, when I talk to um, a lot of medical professionals, they said, you know, Dave, you have to be very careful on how you reopen your church. And yes, I know that, you know, the Supreme Court said it was legal for, you know, churches to worship together indoors. But, you know, one of our values from the very get-go was that your health was, you know, our primary concern. And so we had to make those decisions. And those decisions over time started to deplete people from en- from their energy. And as I talk to individuals, I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people were starting to get worried just based upon the decisions that they had to make, the cost-benefit decisions that they had to make on a daily basis. And today we're going to take a look at the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about the mission, that Jesus' mission, his sole purpose for coming to this earth was to save people from their sins, right? And we see that from the start of Genesis, that when Adam and Eve sinned, God put into this plan to save mankind. And the Old Testament and the New Testament, it all points to Jesus and Jesus' ability to save, his love for people on this earth, to save them. And that's the mission that we have all been called to do. Now, there is a cost in order to follow that mission. And we're going to talk about that today, is have you thought about the cost or what it's going to take to live out Jesus' mission in your life? Have you thought about the cost it's going to take to even make the decision to follow Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to learn um, from today. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. And this is what Luke records. 
A large crowd was following Jesus, and he turned around and said to them. And so the first thing we see here that at the start of Jesus' ministry, there were multitudes, large crowds of people that were following Jesus. Because after all, he fed them, right? You know, he fed over 5,000 people. You know, he healed them, right? And he was the future king that the scriptures were prophesied about. So people wanted to be a part of his move, this movement to overthrow the Roman government, and they wanted to be at the ground level. So there were a lot of people following Jesus for various reasons, right? But Jesus knew he had a mission. And Jesus was looking for people to help him accomplish that mission. So, he, so even though there were a lot of people following him, he realized that not all of them were following him to help him accomplish his mission. So he goes on in verse 26. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, your mother, your wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you can't be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So Jesus takes a look at this large crowd and he says, you know what? Okay, if you want to follow me, these are my expectations of you. And so what Jesus was doing here, he was weeding people out. He was thinning the ranks. Because I know a lot of us think that, you know, Jesus loves, you know, mankind. And he does, right? And he wants everybody to come to him. And he does. And so he's going to make it easy for everybody to follow him. No. No. Jesus knew why the people were following him. But his goal was to save the world. And if Jesus was going to save the world, he needed people who were on point with him, on the same page with him, and carrying out his mission. And so what he decides to do, and we see this from this point on, what Jesus starts to do is he makes his teaching harder and harder and harder. Why? Because he's thinning the ranks. He wants all of those who are just following him so they could have an empty stomach, I mean a full stomach. He said, you know what? You know, I love you, but you cannot be my disciple if all you care about is a fed stomach. You know, or if all you care about are my miracles and seeing miracles and me, you know, doing all of these miracles for you. If that's all you want from me, you can't be my disciples. Or if all you're looking for is a good position or a high position or a position of power in my kingdom because you think I'm going to overthrow the Roman government, if that's all you're in this for, you cannot be my disciple. And so he says this harsh statement. He says, you must hate everyone else by comparison your father, your mother, wife, and children. And some of your um, Bible says that you have to hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Now we know Jesus is all about love, and hate is a sin. And so I'm glad, and I use this version to show that by comparison, the love and dedication and faithfulness we have to Jesus Christ should make it look like the relationships we have with our husbands or wives or or, our children or brothers and sisters it should look like we hate them because our love and our 
dedication and our faithfulness for Jesus is so high. But Jesus is setting out his expectations for all of those who want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying, this is what I expect from you. And he goes on, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. I don't know how many times that you've seen buildings where they start construction, and my wife, we, there's this one building that um, we saw that they started construction, and every time we pass it, nothing's uh, happening, and you know, years and years and years are going by, and nothing's going on, and we're saying, hey, did they make a mistake? Did they not have enough money? You know, did they run out of money? What's going on with this place, right? And that's what Jesus was trying to say uh, here. They would say there's a person who started that building who couldn't afford to finish it. The same thing that Grace and I was saying every time we passed this building that wasn't finished. It says, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down without his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat um, the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. If he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own, right? And we see this one. It was backed up by the story Jesus told about that rich young ruler, right? When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, how do I get eternal life? And, you know, Jesus says, well, um, follow the, you know, commandments. And he said, well, I, I, you know, I love God. You know, I don't commit adultery and I don't murder. And Jesus said, well, you know, that's good. But you have to do one more thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And, and the guy looks at Jesus and walks away sad. Why? Because he was wealthy, and he loved his wealth, and he wasn't willing to give that up in order to follow Jesus. Now, when Jesus says, um, you cannot be my disciple without giving up everything you own, he is not telling us that we have to sell everything like he told that rich young ruler, because he was getting at the heart of that rich young ruler. He knew at the very heart this one person loved wealth. And what Jesus is saying, you can't love wealth that much and me at the same time. You're going to have to give up one. And so because you love wealth so much, if you want to follow me, if you want eternal life, you're going to have to give that up. Unfortunately, he wasn't willing to do that. And so Jesus is saying the same thing to us. What is it that is so important to us that we are unwilling to give that up to be his disciple? And it could be family. You know, family is a good thing. God created family. But if you put your family above Jesus, if you are not willing to give up your family or the dreams that you have for your children um, and give them over to Christ, Jesus said, you can't be my disciple. So I want to ask you this question right now. What are you holding on to that Jesus would tell you you have to give that up or you can't be my disciple? And the reason I ask you that is it's going to be different for every single individual. Some of you, it might be wealth. Some of you, it might be material things. 
Others, it's like, you know what? Wealth and materials, you know, they're not big, that big of a deal to me, right? So it won't be that, but it'll be something else. What? It might be a relationship, right? It might be a boyfriend or girlfriend or, or, you know, a spouse or whatever. What are you holding on so tightly? Your career? The dreams of your children? Or what? That you're holding on so tightly that you are not willing to give that up in order to be a disciple of Jesus. You have to think about that because that's what Jesus is saying in verse 33. It doesn't mean that he's going to take those things away from you. It doesn't mean that you have to give up those things because what he's saying is that those things cannot be number one in your life. Jesus and Jesus alone has to be number one in your life. Jesus was talking about you have to be all in. If you want to be my disciples, you can't be wishy-washy. You can't be 50-50. You can't be 75-25, even 90% 10. No, if you want to be my disciple, you have to be all in. And this is why Jesus, you know, John says, Jesus, I'd rather be in Revelation. He was saying, I'd rather you either be hot or cold, okay? Either be all in or not, rather than to be lukewarm, lukewarm. Jesus wants us to be all in. And what was Jesus talking about here? He was talking about the cost-benefit analysis. And this is a process that compares the cost involved in doing something to the advantage or profit that it might bring. And we make these choices all the time because it's by human nature that we want to experience pleasure and avoid pain. We want to experience comfort and avoid suffering. And that's human nature. So when we make costs, we make these on a daily basis on what's the benefit of doing something versus the, the, I mean, what's the cost of doing something versus the benefit of doing that? Especially if it's going to cost us something. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, before you choose to follow me, you need to do a cost-benefit analysis to see that if what I have to offer you is worth the cost of you following me. So what does Jesus have to offer us? He has to offer us, number one, a relationship with the living God. And I've been following Jesus for over 40 years now. And, and it's been a wonderful journey, an exciting journey, and a frustrating journey, a, a scary journey. And, and to be honest with you, I can't remember what my life was like without being in a relationship with God because it's been so long. But it's been a wonderful journey. Jesus gives you a life with purpose to follow him to live out his mission, to live out his dreams for you and your children. His life gives you purpose and direction because if all you care about is yourself, is if all you care about are your dreams, number one, you're not going to be fulfilled. I guarantee you, I've been down that road before. You only find purpose and joy in living a life with Jesus Christ. And finally, he gives us eternal life, you know, in heaven. And that one of the reasons that 
When I was a kid, I used to be fearful of dying because what happens when you die? But I don't worry about that anymore. Why? Because I know when I pass from this earth, the Bible promises that there's a place for me called heaven and that Jesus, when he left this earth, he went away to prepare that place. So when I die, I am going to be with Jesus in heaven for all eternity. You know, our life on this earth is just like that. But it doesn't matter. Why? Because for all the eternity, I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus, enjoying his presence. And I look so forward to the day when I can meet him face to face and just thank him, thank him for his grace and mercy, knowing that there's no way I could be there without his death on the cross. Those are the benefits, right? Is it worth it? Jesus is asking you that you need to be all in. And he's asking you to count the cost because you need to be prepared to finish what you started. You need to be prepared to finish what you start. See, the Bible tells us that one of the marks of the true disciple is one who finishes, who perseveres to the end and finishes the race. The mark of a true disciple is one who perseveres to the end, right? We see that when Jesus talks to the churches in Revelation. He talks about the rewards going to those who are the believers who are victorious or who persevere to the end. Now, we may be staggering when we cross that finish line. We might be limping. Not all of us are going to be crossing the finish line like this, right? But at least you're crossing the finish line. At least you ended what you started. Then he said to them all in Luke nine twenty three, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and following me. See, before Jesus was talking to the various people and say, okay, you know, if you want to follow me, you, you need to make this decision right now. Whether you think that it's, you know, the benefit that I have is worth the cost of following me. However, for those of us who have made that choice to follow Jesus, that choice is not just a one-time deal. What Jesus is saying is every single day we need to count the cost of being his disciples. Why? Because he said, you know, we are going to be persecuted by the world. He said the world hated him and it's going to hate us. He said, you know, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to change your lifestyle. You know, you know, all of the things that were that are of this world, that the world values, that the world loves, you're going to have to give that up if you want to follow me. You know, you're going to have to change your behaviors that are inconsistent with Scripture. And this is not something that's a one-time deal. This is something that happens every single day. You know, if you're a judgmental person and you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to learn what it means to take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your um, somebody else's eyes. You know, if, you, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you want to just socialize with believers, you are ignoring Christ's great 
commission, right? Where he says, go and make disciples of all nations. Yes, I know it's uncomfortable to go out there. Yes, I know it's easier and more comfortable to hang out with believers. But if, you know, you need to pick up your cross daily and say, you know what? If I'm just looking at my schedule and I'm just hanging out with believers, I am not carrying out the mission of Jesus Christ. And one of the costs that I have to make is to follow him and his commandments, which is to go make disciples of all nations. We have to do this every single day. It wasn't just a one-time deal, right? Every single day. But I guarantee you, the benefits, benefits far outweigh the cost. Because when God is able to take those difficulties, God is able to take those scary moments, God is able to take the, the, even the times when we fail, fail and make something good out of it. So really, it's a win-win situation when we pick up our cross and follow Jesus. It's a win-win situation. The question is, do you have the courage to do that? You know, are we counting the cost every single day? It didn't just stop when we made that one decision to follow Jesus. No. Jesus is asking us to count the cost daily. But you know what? It is so worth it. It is a win-win situation um, if you do it. The question that needs to be answered, are the costs of following Jesus worth the benefits it may bring? Now, some of you right now are struggling with this question. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Maybe you're faced with a situation that in order to follow Jesus, in order to follow, be obedient to Scripture, Man, it's going to cost you something, right? And you need to ask yourself this question. Are the cost of following Jesus worth the benefit that it may bring? Because why? The next point. The daily choices you make reveal the answer to that question. (laughs) The daily choices you make reveal the answer to that question. You can't fake it. You can't try to hide it. You can't try to say that, oh, yes, I am picking up my cross daily and following God. You can't fake that. I can't fake it. Trust me, and I've tried to do that, right? The decisions that I make, you know, when people are watching me, they show whether or not I'm willing to pick up my cross daily, right? And so in one sense, that question is answered for all of us by the choices that you make. And people who watch you know how you answered that first question. Why? By the choices that you make. Are you picking up your cross? Are you making decisions that show that you counted the cost of what it means to follow Jesus or not? Right? I encourage you. I, none of us are perfect, you know. And I, I fail every single day. But at least if you could keep this in the, four, in the four part of your mind every single day, you know, am I picking up my cross and following Jesus every day? So what's our weekly challenge, right? Our weekly challenge is to read Luke 14, 25 through 33, and Luke 29, 23 daily. Once again, it's not a lot. 
It's not a lot, so read these daily. Every morning, ask yourself, is the cost of following Jesus worth the benefit it may bring? I want you to ask that question every single morning because at least that means you'll be thinking about it that day because if you're not, you're just going to forget about it, right? Make daily choices that reveal you are willing to pick up your cross and follow him. Opportunity is going to present your, the, itself every single day for you to pick up your uh, cross and follow Jesus. The question is, are you willing to do that? But at least, at least keep that in your mind. So when you are faced, it's, you, you'll, you'll be prepared to make a decision that shows that you picked up your cross and followed Christ. 